Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, Pat. Hey, man. What's up? Second last OTH episode for these two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio. Boy, am I going to miss this show. Yeah. It's uh, it's bittersweet. Bittersweet. Like, I think we're ready, but we want to close this out right. We're going to close strong and good. So, second last OTH episode. We are going to cover three OTH Show episodes tonight, episode 18 through 20, starts off episode 18, To Wish, Impossible Things, but first, give our shit. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. We also got swag, $30 on the baseball tee on Instagram, get at us kids, and $20 on the VL swag tank, get at us. Okay, episode 18... OTH, let's get into it. I just called this episode the Forced Fortuitous One-on-One Hangouts episode. Yeah, jam them in. What's the setup that's creating these Forced Fortuitous One-on-One Hangouts? So there is a, and I quote, a charity boy auction. <laughs> yeah, it makes it seem <laughs> it's more like, creepy. I was watching this kind of like I just started and I was like doing something watching this out of the corner of my eye before I like sat down and got into it. And I just hear Whitey, he's like the announcer of this charity boy auction, and he's just yelling stuff like, pay your money, get your boy, pay your money, get your boy. And it's just like, what the fuck? And he's yelling like, all right, we're fresh out of flesh. Get your boy, get your boy. We're fresh out of boys. We're fresh out of young high school boys. (laughs) He's like, out of context, like I was like writing down my notes, just feeling weird about it. I just have charity boy auction. Yeah, like it's hopefully this creepy. doesn't get into the wrong hands. It, it's pretty creepy, and really, the only thing I wrote down um, because we could probably just go into each individual who won the auction with that person and what their fortuitous one-on-one hangout entailed. That would be a good frame. Up. Yeah, let's just frame it up that way. But what I was saying, the only thing I wrote down on the actual auction is why the fuck is Whitey the MC? Who knows? Why is Mouth the DJ? You don't know any of these. I don't, you don't know no. answers for any of these questions. I, I, it makes no sense. Like, there, the, Whitey's got every innocuous task in this fucking town. Apparently, like, oh, we need some senile old man to do some innocuous thing. Call the bu- fucking basketball coach. There's like an episode. I think it's a couple episodes from now. Uh, we, we might get to it. Is um, Whitey catches people like digging out on the football field. It's oh, like well, he's also doing security. I, I we'll get into it later, we'll but it's that. like he's all over the place. Whitey has no fucking life. None. So we're going to keep calling this the charity boy action and just know that that's not <laughs> us. That's the actual name. It's not us. No, that's not us. We're not creepy. Selling off boys. Yeah, we're selling, selling boys. boys. Um, so, okay, let's just start off with Jake Jagelski goes first. And um, it was funny how Jake Jagelski was edited because... He was coming right after Tim, and Tim got edited horribly, and everyone was, like, booing Tim, essentially. But then right. Jake Jagelski gets up there, and he's in a mascot outfit, and everyone's just, like, cheering him like crazy. 
like nobody knows who it is. Everyone it was just, it was funny how they were editing it. One kid walks out in Tim and everyone's like scoffing like what an idiot with what he's doing on stage. And then Jake gets up there and he's in the mascot outfit, takes his head off and everyone's just dying laughing. Losing their shit. It was a zero burger on a fucking joke and I, everyone in the crowd was reacting as if he's fucking Dave Chappelle on stage and he just nailed the a way, joke. The way I took that was just everybody just hates Tim. Yeah, everyone hates Tim, but... So, anyways, who who bids on Jake Jagelski? That'll be the first one-on-one -on -one we do. Um, to be completely honest, I don't remember. <laughs> it was Vicky Valancourt. Vicky Valancourt <laughs> bids on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. A.K.A. his baby mama, Nikki, who we are just going to always call Vicky Valancourt. Makes sense, because they hung out the rest of the episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just play a clip of their interaction and then we'll move on to our next uh fortuitous one-on-one -on -one hangout here's the clip of nikki aka vicky valancourt explaining to jake why she bounced from raising their kid you used to think it was cute yeah that was before you abandoned my child okay i guess we'll do this now i made a mistake i didn't know what kind of mother i'd be all my friends were going off to college. My parents, well, you know how they felt. I just wasn't ready, Jake. Is it that hard to understand? Yeah, Nikki, it is. And I missed you, Jake. Remember how good we were? I know it's been hard for you, I do. Let me make it easier. Damn it, Nikki. He almost had me again. <laughs> she essentially says, you know what? I just really wasn't feeling it with raising our kid, but I would still like to have sex. Mm -hmm. And then Jake in response is doing the too little too late. Like, no, bitch. Uh, guess what? Guess who's not horny right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's had like two and a half hours of sleep and is zero horny right now. Um, please, can I ask you one favor? Will you insert one more clip where she comes back with a bag of groceries? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. I got the cutest little stuffed animal. She has a purple monkey that she can't sleep without. Anything else she ignores. <laughs> Get the wrong formula. She needs a special kind because, well, she wasn't breastfed. Well, the alcohol in these wipes are bad for her skin. I buy her special vitamin because she was a little underweight at her six-month checkup. She doesn't read. <laughs> she sure as hell doesn't smoke. Oh, well, look. At least you got the most expensive kind of ice cream. I got that for you. Because on our third date, you said that all you needed for life to be good was a pint of this ice cream. You want to impress me with your maternal instincts? Get out. So two things there. Love Jake's response of just like she bought him groceries and it's like, you oh my God. fucking bad mom. You don't he know anything. crushed her. That was dominant. Rushed. And then the second piece was that that second clip was just nailing her like, hey, why don't you do get into your real maternal instincts that you're used to <laughs> and just fucking get out, bitch. Uh, one of my line, that gr the grocery unpacking scene Easily one of the best was uh, he's like pulls out formula. She's actually 
Jenny uses special formula because she hasn't been breastfed. And he just looks at her like, I buy her a special formula, not this shit. And then he just fucking throws it. Yeah. no. I wish he did great. way more just throwing it across the parking lot. It was interesting, though, because, like, Nikki then came back, a.k.a. Vicky Valancourt, came back with a response. He's like, this is the most expensive ice cream in the store, bitch. And then, like, throws that, too. And she's like, yeah, I got that just because I know that you told me that you really like that ice cream and you said it always makes you feel better when you're feeling down. It's like, whoa, uh, <laughs> hey, Vicky Valancourt, we're kind of past that. Like, yeah, you're Vicky doing Val- me like a little cute favor. Yeah, just like fucking bounce, please. Hey, guess what, bitch? Guess what, Vicky Valancourt? You know what means more to me right now? Actions. And <laughs> your actions over the last nine months have just dictated that you don't give a fuck about me or this family. So you giving me these like snarky comments about like trying to make me feel bad. Yeah. Don't care. I'd rather have you just be around and raise your daughter, bitch. Fuck Vicky Valancourt. Let's move on from her. I'm done with her. Done. Peyton. She bids on Nathan because Haley, who's Nathan's girlfriend, has decided that she hasn't been hanging out with Lucas much, so she's going to bid on Lucas so that they can get some quality friendship time in. Correct. Now, I do remember this. The biggest thing I wrote down about both hangouts between Lucas and Haley and then Nathan and Peyton is these are the most flirtatious hangouts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they're full on. Both of them were water hangouts. Oh, yeah. As you know from the Stephen and Kristen pool flirt from Laguna Beach. Yeah, that's where it goes down. You get anybody you're somewhat attracted to in, near, or splashed with water. Yeah. That rashes things up pretty quickly, would you say? Game over. Game on, game over. Let's just say this. If you're going to go out on a auction charity date with your ex-girlfriend, let's stay on dry land. Mm, Yeah. Can we? I think that's probably best because... There's going to be multiple things getting wet in that water. (laughs) That's a good point by you. Anyways. Yeah, so it was just weird because Nathan goes... So should we do them separately or like talk through them together? The um, Nathan-Peyton date and the Lucas-Haley date. Let's do them separate because I do have a... I have a clip. Let's do Lucas first. Okay. And then Nathan separate because I have a clip I want to show uh, play about Nathan. So first and foremost, I just can continue to be confused on how fucking Haley James and Lucas have never hooked up. Because when they're hanging out, what they do is they go up on a roof and they start throwing water balloons at each other. And like you were mentioning, it's like a water hangout. You know, obviously sexual tension just to me seems like it's going to be flying off when in reality it's not. It's just their best friends. But have you ever hung out with your best friend like that? Like when's the last time you and I had a water balloon toss? It's been a while. I mean, ever? At least a, at least a couple months, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> we should probably run it back. We're I'm... really not water tossing enough. We should go up on a roof together yeah. and have a yeah. really deep conversation. And then when things get super tense, like... With our conversation, because we're getting too deep with each other. Yeah. We'll just break out in a water balloon fight. Yeah. 
I I think that's the quickest like way friends do. for yeah you and us to really take our friendship to the next level and for just like I don't feel like we have enough sexual tension between the two of us. Mm-hmm. So if we get water balloons in the mix, I think that's a perfect way for us to like. And I'll make sure to go up to the roof earlier in the day and pre-make about like two dozen water balloons. All right, cool. So the fight can take place. Yeah, that's a good uh, yeah good pre-planning by you on that. Um, I'm also gonna make sure that I I don't wear any underwear up there. Yeah, please do. That'll be my pre-planning. And if you just so happen to have a lower back tattoo, I do. Number 23 on it? Well, it's not number 23, but it is a different version of a tramp stamp. If it was a 23? Yeah. I'd make sure to call you out on it and make you feel really guilty about it. Yeah. (laughs) I did. I did. We won't play that clip, but when Lucas sees that she got an impromptu tattoo of Nathan's number on her lower back... He was about as disgusted as I've ever seen. And I was just confused because I was like, (laughs) hey, guy, you literally just you drunkenly got a tattoo of a Chinese symbol prominently on your shoulder like three weeks prior. Fortunately, she does throw that back in his face, which is just like, yeah, dude, what are you? He's just he's the guy who just can't stand his friends changing around him. Yet he's changing himself. Yeah. He's the biggest hypocrite. I think I realized in this episode that Lucas is one of the biggest hypocrites on television. I would say. Like, for sure. So, then to flip it over to Nathan and Peyton's hangout, there was a clip I wanted to play because this was hilarious. And and we've talked about this. It reminded me so much, this upcoming clip, of the hot tub interaction in Laguna Beach of... Elsie, Lowe, and Talon. Remember it well. Here's a clip. It's just sex, right? Okay, you know what, Nathan? Haley really deserves better than that. She really, really likes you, and she's good for you. And more than that, she trusts you. I know that. And okay, fine. We could do it right here in the pool. And fine, Mm-mm. you were really good in bed. But I would know, and you would know, and I wouldn't do that to Haley. Or myself. Or even you, for that matter. Because you know what? If you screw things up with your relationship with her, then you're a bigger jackass than even I thought. I know it would hurt Haley. The only reason I mentioned it was to let you know that I'm not pressuring her. Right. I knew that. Th- that, to me, is just such that classic talent line of, look, I'm just going to toss it out. I'm going to toss it out. I'm with my ex-girlfriend, Haley. I have not been able to have sex with Haley yet, but I did have sex with my ex. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw a flyer out. I'm going to throw some spaghetti on the wall, see if that spaghetti sticks, that sex spaghetti. And if not, I'll just say I'm kidding. Or I'll just say, like, I wasn't saying us. Here's the deal. That scene, although as shoehorned in and as like forced as it was, that scene was very tense because he is on the verge of becoming a good guy. Yeah. And he's also on the verge of like falling head over heels with Haley. And while that was happening, you're like, oh shit, is he actually going for this? And so it was weird because like, it was almost like she, she had to talk herself off the ledge a little bit like she wasn't repulsed by his question because she thought he and was then serious he, yeah she and was then actually he was like, considering it oh oh I, I was just kidding i guess so it, i think he was i think he was still on the straight and narrow i think he was still talking about Haley, but it was very confusing yeah watching 
I didn't. I was glad he at least got out of it because the last thing I wanted to see was like Nathan go back to his old ways. Yeah. Like I didn't need to see that. Like no, I'm, I love him and Haley together, and I really didn't need to see that. I would say Nathan coming to the light side is one of my favorite parts of the show. Right. Point. Yeah. I mean, how much we hated him early on. Now we both like really love him, and we love Haley and his relationship. So. I, like, it made my stomach hurt. When I was watching him, like, flirting and, like, dunking Peyton in the water, I was like, ew, stop that. Don't. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. Don't like, do you, that. Didn't you guys just break up, like, four months ago? And yeah. have, like, a really ugly, bad breakup, and now you're having this, like, full-on... They're horse-playing is what it is. It's and as a former lifeguard, I'm going to blow the whistle on them <laughs> for that horseplay. But what I will say... I did, it, to take it to a deeper level, I will say that that is probably kind of accurate, though. Because even though he is in a much better place, and he is like, obviously, him and Haley should be together, they match so much better than him and Peyton, clearly. I think it is it is one of those things where, this is what, you can't hang out with your exes. Yeah. Even though you're not, like, madly in love with them anymore, you will always have, like, a tinge of something that you feel. It's it's human nature. So, just don't hang out with your exes. Because it, it never goes away. And if you do, stay dry, kids. Stay dry. Um, okay. By the way, uh, while we're still on it, the weird rule of the charity auction that you... It is mandatory that you have to do a kiss at the end of the date. I know. I was thinking that same thing. Like, wow. Talk about something that does not translate to 2019. Is you have to kiss the person that you went in the charity auction at midnight. I, I don't think that would be allowed these days. It was, it was strange. I would say, well, because it does stir up a little drama where Nathan, by rules, or else it doesn't count for charity, has to kiss his ex-girlfriend, Peyton, in his apartment at the end of the state in order for it to count. And Lucas sees this happen, fucking wigs out, this is a but Lucas way. also had to do the same awkward kiss with his best friend Haley, and so when he confronts um, Nathan about it, Nate's just like, "Yeah, listen, dude, it was a fucking charity. We're supposed to, and you also kissed my girlfriend." Yeah, and he's just like, "That's a good point. Sorry, <laughs> that's a good point." No, that that's a perfect transition because that was the very next segment I was going to go into is just my most hated scenes in any teen drama. And it's three scenes, and all three happened in this very episode. Wow. You and I both hate this. Those scenes where something purely innocent is mm. happening, and someone walks in... It's the worst. ...and sees it, i.e. your example of because they have to kiss at midnight, Nathan kisses fucking Peyton, and guess what? Lucas just happens to walk around the corner and see them kissing, and then what's he do? Fucking just leaves. Just leaves. Asks for no context. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't linger for like five more seconds to just like get to the bottom of it. No, he walks in at the worst two-second moment in history and then bounces, and it leads to all this drama, and there was two other ones that also happened in this episode that it just drove me insane. Second one. Deb, for some reason, bids on Tim and has a thing with Tim. Doesn't make sense. Why are there even moms at the boy auction? Uh, yeah, good question. Know. Why are moms bidding on boys? Uh, tell you what, if I were a mom, I wouldn't be bidding on boys. That's just me. Um, the thing, 
what that happens with Deb when she's with fucking Tim, and I, we don't even need to waste time on like why she gets with Tim. Who cares? She she had him come over to like help with some housework. Clean. She's like gonna clean, and there's all these weird like innuendos where she's like, "Oh, you're gonna do a good job or whatever," and he, and he's like, "Yeah," thinking she wants to bang. You gonna which, help clean the pipes? Which Tim? I mean, you can't blame Tim because Deb. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Come Deb, on. Yeah. Deb so, seems like she's DTF. Uh huh. Yeah. She's Deb to F. She's Deb to F. And yeah, well, to your point, it's just one of those. He comes <laughs> over and he's in a leopard skin speedo or something, and he's like thinks she wants to bang. She tur- he turns the corner. <laughs> she's in the bathroom. She's like, "Come on in. I'm in the I'm in the bathroom." And he thinks like, "Oh man, it's on. Fucking go time." And so he gets completely, he drops all of his clothes except for he's wearing this uh, zebra print Speedo because he thinks it's on because Tim's an idiot. And then it turns out she really wants him to come in the bathroom and like literally unclog her bathtub drain of like hair. Uh And so then what happens is that, again, that classic moment that you and I fucking hate, which is she's like trying to help him get his clothes back on. Something falls. She like drops down to the ground to like pick it up and then Dan walks in immediately and it looks like she was literally just blowing Tim. Fucking hate it. Hate it. And then what, what we decided was called situational irony. I don't know. We should come up with a name for it, but more like like bullshit situational irony. Like or hor- I think there's a like a term for it. Coincidental fucking show ruining stuff we'll just call it yeah, we just it we'll call it like to me it's cheap we'll, we'll call it cheap cheap poop it's, cheap poop writing it's cheap poop bad poop. writing it's cheap poop writing and it's just like garbage like, like you're wasting my time please yeah, you stop can it. you can get to the like different issues and stuff without this like coincidental bullshit timing of like Someone walking in, and then the the complete opposite of human nature, which is that person always bounces without wanting any context or explanation whatsoever. The only thing that saved it, like in the first situation with the tip of the kiss, the only thing that saved me from getting white hot mad is the very next scene when Lucas confronts Nathan about it. Nathan just like squashes it, and you're just like, yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly what he should have. Had. It didn't like drive the plot forward. It just ended, and you're like, thank you. He completely he completely squashed it because to your point earlier, he kissed Haley too at the end <laughs> yeah. of the night at midnight, and that is Nathan's girlfriend. And Lucas and Haley are apparently just good friends who had a platonic like meant nothing kiss because that was the stupid fucking rule of this like. And that's exactly auction. what Nathan said to him, and it was so satisfying. Yeah, so it was almost worth having that moronic waste of time scene yeah and then the last one the third one of this like poop fucking writing that you and i hate is to what you were saying at the beginning of this episode where lucas's mom and peyton's dad are continuing to flirt they get fucking drunk one night she decides to take him to the football field to dig up some time capsule (laughs) no one cares and point of that is, yeah, Whitey's just like, I guess, doing security rounds in the middle of the night at the fucking high school, catches them, and then yells at him again, Whitey, why are you there? Also, speaking of why are people there, Keith's there. Yeah, Keith is just fortuitously with fucking Whitey. They're doing security together <sighs> at Dude. midnight on the football field. So these, just to cap it off, these moments annoy the fuck out of these two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio it's cheap writing it's bullshit 
fucking you don't need to do it. We have all these things on why we love teen dramas, and like this is one of those tropes, our least favorite tropes on why we hate teen dramas. We love them. We love them. And we hate them. And we hate them. Um, do you want to spend any time on the mouth date? Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because this one, Brooke, ends up with like slim pickings. Yeah. And she Wait, so I, I missed the very beginning because like she's signing up. She didn't have cash. She didn't have cash. That's what she was. She after someone specific, or did she just want a date? Did she just want a boy? She just wanted a hot boy with hot dick. Cool. And she didn't get I, that. I hot get boy. it. She didn't get that hot boy with hot dick because she didn't have cash. By the time she actually got cash, the only slim pickings left was fucking mouth. And I think she told him as they started their date, "I got a bikini wax for nothing." <laughs> yeah. And mouth was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Well, you want your money back at least? And I'm like, well, first of all, that's a pathetic line. Second of all, did she exchange money with Mouth? I thought this was for charity. Did the boys get the money? No, I was confused on that too. Um, no, it's for charity. So Is that... Mouth going to go take the money away from the charity? I guess. Mouth is a bad guy. Mouth, we do we do know that Mouth is a Mouth bad guy. Mouth hates the kids. He hates the sick sick charity kids. But the, their date is this like this weird thing where she's just really sad about lucas the whole time yep and uh she's like still in trying to get him over in mode and um mouth is in kind of like consoling her while also hyping up lucas super hard mode yeah yeah mouth is uh lucas's best wingman of all time yeah <laughs> and uh and he says this like classic line that girls like jerks yeah like and he's like i'm just a nice guy girls don't like me girls like jerks I like watching that back. It was one of those all-time fallacies that you totally convince yourself in high school that I'm pretty sure just isn't true at all. I'll use the metaphor. I don't want to be a no-butt guy, but I was literally going to say how fucking true that is. Well, stay with my metaphor here. Okay. Hear me out. Yeah. It's not that they like jerks. Like, let's zoom this out and let's look at Karen, very nice lady, with Keith and Peyton's dad. Do we know Peyton's dad's name yet? Peyton's dad. Peyton's dad. <laughs> yeah. Keith is the mouth in this situation. He's the nice guy. Yeah. Quote unquote last. nice guy. Finishing last. Finishing last. Yeah. Peyton's dad, not a dick by any means. He's not a jerk, but he's like well ahead of Keith. Yeah, but he's covered in more broken glass than Keith is. Exactly. Because he came up to Karen. He's like, hey, I like you. Let's hang out. Yeah. Flirt, flirt, flirt. Yeah. Let's go on a date. I want to take you on a date. We're on a date. We're on a date. Yeah. He's like, hey, you're my best friend. I care about you so much. And then so he gets what? pissed off. Why she doesn't like him. It's not that Karen is looking for a jerk. She just wants a dude to like actively pursue her and be into her. You just want a guy with confidence yeah. and balls. So yeah. It, so I, I think a, like a jerk, a lot of jerks also have confidence. Yeah. So, so it's like one of those things the that it gets nerds super confused. Yeah. That's the caveat is it, it's the same with girls too. It, it, it works both ways, but Yes, I think girls just want a guy with confidence and what ends up happening is the dicks a lot of the time are the guys with confidence and the nice guys coincides with him having zero confidence. So instead of that saying of like nice guys finish last and like, you know, guys who are dicks finish first, what it should just be is pussies finish last. Guys who aren't brave finish last. Yeah. Every time. I like, yeah, no, I, I, I was... In disagreement with you at the beginning of that, but I like how you put a twist on that, and I, I think that's spot on. Pussies finish last. 
Don't be a fucking pussy. Have confidence, <laughs> and if you don't have confidence, just fake like you do. Mouth, she doesn't like, she doesn't not like you because you're a nice guy. She doesn't like you because you're soft, baby. You're a pussy. You're fucking soft, mouth. Oh, and you're five two and a half. Oh, yeah. Doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is one clip I want to play of that because um, it's uh, you. You were mentioning Brooke is super emotional and stuff, and she's like pouring her heart out to this complete zero of a guy, mouth. And uh, she has this line explaining what girls want. I remember when I told you what girls want. Girls just want somebody to want them back. At least I do. What? What? Oh! Oh! That's a secret. It's that simple? Oh my god. Oh, you just want a guy to love you back? Fucking wrong. There's no way she means that. How about, Brooke, how about you just say, I just want the hot guy Lucas to want me back. Yeah. Don't just make the blanket statement that you just want any guy to like you back. Incorrect. Just say, I'm sad because the guy that I love doesn't love me back, seemingly. Yeah. So I would like that guy to love me back. It, it's just making the blanket statement of like, that's all girls want. It's like, well, mouth. Probably likes you back. Mouth would mouth would walk to the end of this earth just to get a second date with you. But we should be like you be Brooke, and let's do a hypothetical role play of how this actually goes. You be Brooke. You make that line to me. You know what? Oh, what's Ryan? up? Hey, Brooke. Yeah, I'm Mouth. What's up? I'm mouth. Yeah. You know, girls just want to be loved by a guy that they love. Uh, okay. That's all it is? They, we just want a guy to love them. That's literally all? Yeah. That's it? Like, if there's anybody out there that likes me... Anyone. I'll... Even if he's five two and a half, has weird spiky hair, weird lips, and no one knows his name, and he's a little pussy bitch with no confidence? If that guy were out there, I'd marry him. Because that's all I need. Just if he loves you back? Yeah, I just need him to love me back. So oh, I'll... I love you back. Oh... I mean, not I like love, love. Like our no, love, I do. Our love is kind of like a friendship love. No, I'm saying like I fully like love you back. Like I want to like sexually hook up. Oh, but like hook up like friends. No, hook up like lovers. Hook up like say, like our parents talk about hooking up, where it's just like, hey, are you gonna go hook up with your friends tonight? When they just mean that you're gonna go meet them at like a festival or something. Mm, yeah, we well we could go to the festivals and stuff with the hookups, but I'm also thinking like ideally, you said. The only thing you look for is a guy who wants you back, and I'm just telling you I do. Oh, well, not you, you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> how it would go. So, Brooke, fuck off with that advice on the only thing girls want. Guess, I think girls want a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, they deserve more, and they want a little more. It's no big deal. Oh, the other thing all I kept thinking about when she made that comment was this clip from Zoolander. Did you find the files? I don't even know what they look. What do they look like? They're in the computer. They're in the computer? Yeah, they're definitely in there. I just don't know how he labeled them. I got it. You gotta figure it out. Roger. In the computer. It's so simple. It's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple. The files. Are... It's, I was thinking like, ah. Oh. Oh, that's all it is. 
This, By the way, just real yeah, quick, three yeah, seconds. Yeah. They do that the, while they're on their date, Brooke and Mouth, yeah. doing this like weird friend date. They go to, see, I guess, a strip club together. Yeah. And it's that classic like trope scene that's uh, like at this point it's so played out that it's like not obnoxious where you're getting a lap dance next to like a girl. Yeah. Who's your friend and yeah. she's loving it and you're loving it and it's like no. Let's explain how every every time that we've ever been to a strip club really goes. You walk in, first like 30 seconds to 5 minutes are unreal. And guess what? By the way, when you walk in, no girls are ever around. It's all white trash, creepy dudes. Super creepy dudes. It's all creepy white trash dudes. And you walk in and the first 30 seconds to five minutes are unreal because you're like, oh my God, other naked girls. You know, I'm seeing other naked girls in real life. This is the first time this has happened in years because I've been with the same girl for a long time. And you're excited. And then about 240 seconds or so in... The rest of the night, you just feel like a massive creep and you want to leave. And the sadness sets in. And the sadness sets in. And honestly, for me, when I'm at strip clubs, I'm just looking around confused on how these regulars, like, this is their life. They come here, like, on a Wednesday night and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday every week. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. What it's not is a glamorous, hey, I'm here with my friend who's a, a girl and she's loving getting this lap dance, and she's showing me the ropes. Keep in mind, Brooke's like 16. She's not even old enough to drink. Uh, yeah. She probably used a fake ID to get into the strip club, and she's like leaning back getting this lap dance like she's the fucking king of Las Vegas. <laughs> like, yeah, I do this all the time, mouth. This is what we do. Live it up, baby. Yeah. It's a little forced in terms of like, Brooke, we get it. You're the wild one, but like, just tone it down. Brooke's going through some tough times. Yeah. Let's just say that. We'll cut her some slack. Yeah, those tough times is how we're going to transition into episode 19. How can you be sure? And the reason that's the title of the episode is because Brooke, who's dealing with those tough times, teen pregnancy drama. Mm. Let's play a clip of uh, how Brooke breaks the news to Lucas. I need to talk to you. Okay. I spent the entire night trying to avoid this or ignore it, but I can't, so I've just got to say it. Brooke, what's up? I think I'm pregnant. I gotta say, dude, I now regret making that statement. You know, we we talked about when we first found out that Jake Jagelski was going to be bringing us some teen pregnancy drama. We were, like, excited. Like, finally, we get some teen pregnancy yeah, drama. Yeah, we've been wanting this. I'm now done with it. I don't want it. I, it just, like, sucks. It fucking sucks. Like, I'm done with teen pregnancy drama. Like, to me, in this show, there's a little too much. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's One is uh... fine. One is fine, but, like, dude... When you have multiple people in the cast who just refuse to use protection during sex, Mm -hmm. like, at some point, someone's got to not be an idiot in this crew. Please. Sexually. But yeah, I I would say the good mirror of Jake Jagielski having a teen pregnancy with the parents having the teen pregnancies, like, that was nice, but this would have been way too much. 
And I just have a quick tip for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't, this might be controversial. This might be like a inappropriate thing to say. Probably. <clears throat> but it's for the girl kids. And it's... Lady kids. It's basically just to take a pregnancy test before you tell your ex-girl or your ex-boyfriend that you're pregnant. Yeah. So just like, check, get like that. Yeah. Get, get that one. Just like, all right, I've missed my, my period or something. I'm going to go take a pregnancy test, confirm that I am in fact pregnant, and then I'm going to tell my ex-boyfriend. Weird move. He's like, did you, have you taken a pregnancy test? And she's like, well, no. So I figured this, I just dropped this load on you before I did that. Perfect transition into my MCITW this week. It's going to Brooke. Thank God. I mean, because <laughs> that was fucked up, right? Brooke, Am I well within my rights to call her out on that? Not only are you without well within your rights to call her out on that, but this podcaster is well within his rights to call her out. So this week, Brooke, you get it. The <laughs> MCITW that is the Merce Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by Wicklow, where W-I-C-K-L-O-W, where be free and explore. Get all your way out to Wicklow, Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order. VL select. We got them. $30 baseball tees. $20 on the fucking tanks. It goes to Brooke. I mean, to your point, that's the most fucked up thing. <laughs> so fucked up. You can't. The biggest thing, too, that annoyed me is that they then did go to the clinic and she found out that she wasn't actually pregnant, and she kept lying about it to get him to like stay with her. Well, that was just a psycho move. Psycho, like move. that. The the first part was just poor judgment by her, is just letting him in on before she knew she was like for sure. The when she started lying about it, that was just like, oh, we're in some fucking uncharted territory right now. Yeah, so I it love... reminded me of, and I never watched this show, but what was the show where Heidi and Spencer were in the cast? The Hills. Do you remember the scene where she tells Spencer that she's pregnant? Yeah. Just to see how he would react. Insane. <laughs> she Completely wasn't, insane. wasn't pregnant at all. It's so insane. Kids, it's, awesome. it's the By best the way, advice to the kids. Like, kids, don't do that, lady kids. Do never fucking do that. Well, first and foremost, have protected sex, kids. Definitely. But then secondly, if you're having unprotected sex, kids, like, don't lie to the guy about it fucked up if i was a girl i'd be like all the time with my boyfriend like every single april fool's day <laughs> so but i yeah i really wish we had a uh we had a female perspective for this particular take because i was unsure if it was a uh, taboo or not but i'd be curious to see if they're on our side or not dude i don't want to speak out of line here but i'm pretty confident that even the ladies would say that that's not cool yeah. I don't think you're speaking out of line there. The the crazy thing that... If we're idiots, write in, please. The, you know, we were talking earlier about the poop fucking garbage writing on just like this coincidental irony. And um, totally happens with this scene when Dan just happens to be driving by when he sees Lucas and Brooke at that teen, you know, pregnancy clinic or whatever. And he just happens to see see them, and then he's just, like, spreading gossip and rumors all over the place that Lucas is, like, the father of Brooke's kid and all that bullshit. Let's play a clip of what Dan's advice to Lucas when he after he drives by and sees him at that clinic. I can see that you're scared. But don't let the fear cloud your vision. You know, I asked your mom to get an abortion. She said no. She was too emotional. If she was thinking clearly, she would have done what I said. 
So your advice is to have an abortion. The way you would have aborted me. You got a lot of life yet to live, Lucas. Don't let this girl make the same mistake your mother made. Because if you do, you'll be paying for it until the day you die. Dude, <laughs> holy shit. I mean, this is peak Dan right here. He just, it's he just says stuff. I'm pretty sure his basic vibe is just like, he's like, hey, Lucas, you should definitely get an abortion. Because if you don't, it's a mistake that you'll pay for for the rest of your life. Uh, wait, so your, your argument is that she should abort because I shouldn't be on this planet, too? From care to, to tell your son that it's like the weird like take it from me take it I, I've lived a little it did take yeah. it from my experience yeah son right I should have aborted you well I don't know like think that through you, no like it, it was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life and I'm still paying for it so are you saying like top 10 biggest mistakes no the biggest one number one of all Second biggest mistake was sitting out the, the state championship game because we oh, probably would have won if I played. Right. Number one mistake was having you. So Spoiler. definitely don't have your kid because look at how ruined my life. I mean, you exist. Okay, so, so fuck me? Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, Dan's out of control, dude. He's um, so But savage. I mean, sa- I think the perfect way to describe Dan is just fucking savage. <laughs> Dan is a savage. Um, the other thing I'll say about Dan is his hair is slowly over these episodes just getting more and more out of control. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. It's uh, dude, it's it's starting to look more and more like fourteen-year-old Justin Bieber's haircut. It's like fl- fl- like it's flilling out in the back a little bit, yeah. and it's but it's also kind of stringy. Yeah, he's going through some tough times. Dan Dan's hair looks exactly like a young Justin Bieber. What all those like tweens loved about Bieber was his hair. Like it's like a mop on top of his head slash helmet. And Dan, you have to keep in mind though, is not fourteen year old Justin Bieber. Dan is like forty five years old, and he's built like Gaston. <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah. fucking ridiculous. We it's, just gotta keep in mind it's like long <laughs> yeah. bangs, shaggy bangs. And then, yeah, it's like flailing out on the sides uh, in the back where you're just like, I don't think I've ever seen a 45-year-old dad of a high schooler with this haircut. Besides maybe Sandy Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) I just love, Dan is just always riding this razor's edge between completely spiraling out of control and having everything figured out. Yeah. And just like, like pulling all the strings. And you have no idea where he is at any given moment. Dan's a wild card. Dan is a wild card. Um, What I want to transition into next is because I actually had a a moment when I was watching this episode where I found myself getting into a serious math breakdown. Nice. Um, It was after a quote made by Haley where she made that cliche quote of like, guys, think about sex like every 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know that quote or whatever it is. I don't Whatever. I was, like, trying to, like, then go in and, like, break it down mathematically. Like, because that seems aggressive to me. Like, I know dudes think about sex, like, all the time. But, like, every 30 seconds, or I've even heard quotes that are, like, every 8 seconds, guys think about sex. I feel like something like that. Either way, it's like, I mean, no way. So, 
I was breaking it down mathematically, and I was like, okay, how is this fucking true? Let's just say you have, let's just pick an innocuous minute number here. Let's just say you think about it for like a five, ten minute stretch okay. on a given day. Sure. For five to ten minutes straight, you're thinking about it randomly. I don't know what you're doing in that five to ten minutes that day, but let's just say you're doing something that's reminding you of sex for five to ten minutes in that day. Sure. Hypothetically. Okay. I'm with you. There's 57,600 seconds in the waking hours that dudes have in a day. Okay. That's taking out sleep. So if you're awake for 57,000 hours, 600 seconds, those are the available seconds to be thinking about sex. So if you're thinking about every 30 seconds, that means that you're having a five to 10 minute straight sesh where you're just randomly, hypothetically thinking about it for five to 10 minutes straight. Okay. And then... You're also going to have to do 2.8 more of those 5 to 10 minute sessions in that day to get to once every 30 second average on the day. So it's essentially saying in that stat that either you are a dude and you're beating off four times a day or you're random, you're maybe doing it once a day, but then thinking about it like 37 other random times. My guess would be whatever scientist, whatever uh, hero scientist that was taking a time away from curing cancer to do this study. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably more of the random, your thoughts drift to it. That's probably what they're after. Right. So are is that happening to you? No. Every 30 seconds though? No. I have stretches, you know, where it'll be like, you know, you'll be watching a TV show and it's like you'll see a, a actress or a girl or whatever pops into your head. But I, it, it's like things that prompt you that popped it into your head. It's not like every 30 seconds while you're like working, it's like, boom, hits you, you know, like every 30. By the way, I, I mean, we've probably been podding for like a half an hour at this point. Does that mean that between the two of us, we've each thought about sex 60 times? I guess they're saying it can't be accurate. I guess they're saying. I mean, I've thought about sex like twenty five <laughs> times during you know, this podcast so far. You know what I did think about it uh, in this podcast specifically was when we were talking about Deb. I did have it pop up where we were discussing that uh, poop writing mm-hmm. coincidental irony kind of thing about Tim, and I was thinking about Deb in that moment because she was wearing a very racy outfit in that scene. Yeah. There's also another scene where I was really thinking about it with her. No, it's the scene in these episodes where she's starting to get drunk a little bit and she's packing up Dan's trophies because they're getting a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this, actually, let's play a clip. There's this clip of what Deb says. I don't want to divide up our lives. Oh, Dan, you already did. You divided this family a long time ago. How? What? What did I do? What, by working hard, by building up the business? Giving you a nice life, a car in the driveway, clothes on your back? You know what, Dan? You know what? Keep it all. Here. You want the car? Here, take the car keys. You want the house? Take the house Deb, keys. stop. Here, you want the clothes off my back? Here, take the clothes off my back. Deb, Here. stop. Will you, will you stop? What? What else do you want, Dan? You. I want you. Don't say that. All right. Now I'm thinking about sex. Yep. Deb. Deb. I mean, Mm -hmm. you get around Deb, you might be averaging a little bit more than every 30 seconds. 
Can we say MILF on Deb? Let's just say that <laughs> if I were in the charity boy auction, <laughs> I'd like to have Deb bid on me. Yeah, Deb in this scene uh, is telling Dan that, what do you want, the keys? Take the keys. What do you want, the fucking car? Take the car keys. What do you want, my clothes off my back? And then she just proceeds to get completely naked. And by the way, I know we're bringing this up because we talk about how much dudes think about sex, but has this ever happened to you in terms of you're getting into a massive argument with your significant other and all of a sudden that really shitty argument just leads into sex? Um, it happens all the time, but it's it's always 100% of the time me yelling and stripping off my clothes piece <laughs> by piece. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, take out the trash. You want me to take off my shirt? Oh, okay, unload the dishwasher. What? Oh, pants are coming off now. Oh, also unload the boxers off my fucking deck. That's how it goes in our household. I just, this is such a cliche in shows where like really heated, shitty arguments where I'm just convinced there's about to be like a domestic dispute. Uh, slash violence that then leads to a call to the police department somehow just turns super fucking sexual. I don't know. Just never happened to me. When I'm like really pissed off, the last thing I'm ever thinking about is like how horny I'm getting. Yeah. That, that just might be a TV thing. I'd be curious. Maybe like like super passionate, fiery, like uh, Spanish people or some, some like different culture. Like that's the vibe. Where they're I, like yelling and heated and then they start making out like... Maybe like an Enrique Iglesias type situation. Oh, yeah, I'm and sure. And Hannah Kornikova are like getting after it. Oh, like yeah. yelling at each other. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem is we're just not like in that upper tier of hot guy enough mm-hmm. to know what it's like to like have every argument just turn sexual. Yeah. We're not Enrique Iglesias. I'll, I think like, you know, if, if that ever happened to me, like it would be like, you know, say we're getting into a big fight. Hey, way to go, Pat. Way to not fucking unload the dishwasher. I told you like five times to fucking do that, bitch. And then I would never be like, wow, I was really pissed at you for unlo- for not unloading the dishwasher. But now that I'm staring directly at your dick and balls, I'm turned up. Yeah, there's still a ton <laughs> of uh, dishes sitting on the countertop because the dishwasher is full and hasn't been unloaded. Yeah, it just doesn't get, solve that problem. Excuse me, uh, idiot, can you pull your fucking boxer briefs back up and just take the dishes out, you idiot? I'm still super annoyed and pissed. Yeah. yeah. I will say we're definitely bleeding into the episode 20, but the now that we're on the topic of Dan and Deb having this passionate, spicy hookup, it was such a classic Dan power move. Yeah, it's like, because like yeah. like he she's just hating him, like getting drunk, putting away his trophies, talking about like we should definitely get divorced, like don't even consider the idea that we're gonna get back together, kind of thing. And then Dan starts yelling, she starts yelling. Dan goes in for the conversion of the argument into sex. Yeah, they have sex because she's in her bra. She's yeah, because she's in her bra. Down. Uh, and then they're like afterwards they're kind of like laying in bed and you're like oh shit are they like do they like each other now do they just squash the beef what's happening here and then uh the next scene where you see the two of them deb's like kind of sitting there and she's kind of happy for the first time in a while you're like oh she about to let this fucking snake back into her life and then dan walks in he's like actually i think you're right we should get this divorce it was like fucking classic dan he just Gets the fucking little upper hand over her. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, I got my last 
jab in, like, I feel like I could potentially win you back, but now we'll get a divorce. Yeah. Fucking. Fuck you. Damn, I, dude. I just want to lay down some flaw. <laughs> Last point I just had on episode 19, and then we'll cap it off with episode 20, is Lucas. Is he ever seen wearing a non-long-sleeve shirt situation? No, and he always is hiding his fucking hands up those sleeves. Always. I, he either has a long-sleeve shirt under a t-shirt, which I don't begrudge. Don't I love it, and I'm still thinking that we need to bring that trend back, because I love that look. But he's either wearing that, or he's just wearing a long-sleeve shirt, but I think they just decided, like Mark Schwann decided at like episode 10, like... This guy's got little bitch forearms and elbows. Don't show him. Just cover him up. Cover him up. He looks way better. The other thing that annoyed the fuck out of me was going way back to that charity fucking boy auction. <laughs> was that when Lucas was up on stage like getting auctioned off. He had that look on the long sleeves. And he was also doing that classic Lucas move of like. Hands in the pockets. Shrugging those fucking shoulders. He's shrugging his shoulders so fucking intensely that he literally just looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame. He's like caved in. He's his his chest is concaved into his body and his shoulders are hunched over his head. I don't know what that look is because here's the thing, it kind of works for him. It's like a but like like I don't know why I've never seen anybody do that before and it's kind of like his thing. It's like a oh shucks I'm so hot but I'm humble at the same time you know like oh shucks man so fucking hot but like dude I'm just like a humble guy I'm not like out parading it around I'm like a little bashful bashful (laughs) fuck Lucas dude I I I just like don't I'm out on Lucas. 100%. Uh, by the way, those were two fucking fire takes, but I'm not going to let you out of episode 19 yet. All right. We have to almost, well, we actually have to touch back to episode 18 for this. Lest you forget, Keith proposes to Karen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ill advised. <laughs> so ill advised. You know, with that, I would say what? Every single dude has a pretty good idea of when he proposes, it's probably going to be a yes, right? Yeah. That's another good tip for the kids. Don't propose unless you're 100% sure. I was going to say 99.5, but pretty much 100% sure. I remember when I proposed, there was zero doubt in my head that she would say yes. But what I will say is you are a ball of nerves and the anxiety and anxiousness (laughs) is, is like out of 50 out of 10. You, you do, so it's not like a nervousness of like, will she, won't she? It's more of just like, I've planned out like 10 fucking things. If one of these things go wrong, it ruins the entire night. The story, when everyone asks her, how did he do it? It's all going to fall apart. I'm going to be such a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, so, you're nervous for yes, sure, but it's yes. more that you're going to, yeah, just ruin the entire moment and potentially your entire rest of your lives together. Right. Because of that one moment you blew. Imagine having both like thinking there's like a 50-50 shot of whether she says yes or not and you're also trying to nail the proposal. Oh, God. Fucking wig out, dude. Oh, my God. I, I don't think I'd physically be able to get myself like to the point where I could actually ask the question if I had both of those things happening. Right. Insane. Anyways, Deb says no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no, sorry, not Deb. Karen. Karen. Fuck. Karen says no. Like, basically, he's... He, like, it was a desperation move. Like, he saw her getting with uh, Peyton's dad. Yeah. And he's like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll just propose. Long shot. Whatever. Mistake. Yeah. She Mistake. basically just tells him to fuck off. 
I mean, Karen made the mistake of kissing him once, and then he proposed. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, Keith? Hey, we've never had sex, we've never lived together, and I've been permanently in the friend zone for 18 years, but you know what I took that to mean? I should propose. Yeah. Idiot. By the way, when I was watching this, I was like, Keith should have had, like, I think I wrote this down, and it's a bit harsh, but I think I just said Keith should have a dead wife. That's harsh. <laughs> Yeah, especially when I said it out loud, it, it uh, came out pretty cold-hearted. No, but, but like it, it had some backstory where Keith hasn't just been hanging around Karen his entire fucking life. He needs something, some rationale on why he has been not having sex with this girl, yet totally cool with it, for 18 years. And why this, now that we're watching, we're zoomed in on their life, is the perfect moment where it should be coming to a head, instead yeah. of just like, oh, now the audience is watching, I guess... Keith is going to fall in love and propose. So maybe it's just how you worded it was harsh of like he should have a dead wife. Yeah. That's harsh. <laughs> but the sentiment I agree with. What it should be is like he had a wife and she tragically <laughs> passed away <laughs> fortuitously. And now... Non-fortuitously. Now you're sounding like the <laughs> No. Fortuitously because we want Keith and Karen to get together. <laughs> she fortuitously passed away in a non-shitty way. And because of that, now, this girl that he's just platonically been friends with, it's like, oh, now we can get together. You're helping me through my tragic incident and, like, my wife passing away and really stepped up as a friend. And now, because I'm open to it, we can come together. So I agree with that. I agree with that in general. He should have, again, just have a reason why... You are cool being friend-zoned for close to two straight decades. All of these problems would have been just easily solved going back to one of our first episodes talking about how they should have just... Keith and Lucas should just move back to town. Or that. Just maybe... Solve so many fucking questions. Maybe we shouldn't go off killing Keith's wife. Yeah. Maybe R. we should... R.I.P. Maybe we should just say, yeah, you guys, you weren't in town and you're back in town. And Keith's so... just a eligible bachelor. Right. Um, anything By the else? way, just the last thing on this too is uh, uh, towards the end of episode 19 after Keith gets completely rejected he decides to leave town and Quits he's like, again. He's going to get like another job or something and leave town and the first thing out of Karen's mouth is Keith, this isn't because of me, is it? Dude, like, Karen Karen clue, sucks dude. Yeah, it's because of you so like it's not your fault, obviously. You didn't ask Keith to propose to you out of nowhere, but like, you know, maybe just know that and understand it. You don't have to ask Keith. Put him on the spot. Let's let's ask this question. Sure. Is Karen more of a sociopath than fucking Dan? <sighs> no. Uh, let me let for me, humor. Let me play I would like Dan. to say yes, but I mean, we're talking about the same guy who. Just told his son that he should get an abortion because he should have gotten an abortion and his son right. shouldn't be alive. So now, that's that guy. But sure. Hear me out. Sure. <laughs> hear me out. Okay. So I'm telling you, lay Karen, out, you got to lay out your case. You know me, I'll jump on board. All I ask for out of someone is that they are on brand and like I know what that brand is. I know what your jam is and I know what that your brand is. I know what Dan is through and through. He's transparent as fuck. 
I know what I'm getting out of him. When Dan comes up and says to Lucas that I should have aborted you, that's par for the fucking course. <laughs> I, that is exactly what I actually thought Dan was going to say. As fucked up as it is, I thought he was going to say that. With Karen, she is parading around in this mask that she's like this really good person when deep down she is a wolf underneath that sheep's she's that saying? Yeah. Wolf and sheep's lining? Yeah, some, something whatever like that. that is, dude. That's saying she is a wolf in sheep's whatever. That's fucking her, dude. And I can't stand that shit. Because to me, I just want everyone to know. All I'm thinking about is everyone knows Dan's a piece of shit. Everyone right. knows it. I'm that I'm not everyone gets it. For me, I want everyone to know that Karen fucking sucks. And everyone's telling me how great she is all the time. And I wanted them to know, like, hey, guess what Karen just did? Does that not sound like sociopathic behavior to you? Guess what Karen just did? She kissed Keith in the airport, went to Florence for six months. The week she came back, Keith proposed to her out of nowhere. And she said, I'm sorry. I just like you as a friend. I can't do this. And then she's so narcissistic. Dude, she is fucking evil. I'm with you. And she forces I'm fucking with you. She She should have said yes. We should check the books to Karen's Cafe. I guarantee it's a drug front. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, dude. She's definitely selling heroin out of that fucking cafe. And the other thing I would say is like, when you are like now talking about leaving town because of me, I'm going to narcissistically, my first response is going to be, oh, what? Because you're not doing this because of me, right? I don't want to have to take blame for you leaving, Uh, bitch. Really? I think probably what was solved it is Karen (coughs) should have been paying Keith for like dad fees. So like, just like a stipend, you know, maybe nothing big, maybe like 250 bucks a week just to be like there and be her friend, her platonic friend and be Lucas's fake dad. But just like, you know, maybe some cash that or under the table, no tax, be paying Keith in cash tax free or make her a lesbian. Then I can totally get on board with it. It's like, oh, here's why. And then her and Deb. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. totally. Yeah, I'm <laughs> God, the writers of this show are fucking idiots, dude. At least if she, idiots. At least if she was a lesbian, I would understand why this guy who has like dropped his entire life to be the dad of your kid for twenty years, and you've allowed this to go on. Now I get why. It's because you're actually into girls. And Deb, more specifically. <laughs> Deb. All right, episode twenty. Ready to round this out? Yeah. Question. Does Haley have parents? Debatable. <laughs> like Nathan Nathan is now living this wild life of he's got an apartment and he spends half of his nights in this apartment and the other half just sleeping at Haley's every single night. Mm-hmm. On school nights. They like conveniently and there's literally one line about it. Early on they just said Haley has a big family. And so she kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And then no parents. Ever. It's just like, alright, we conveniently tied that one up. We never have to bring Haley's parents into the fold. The she other also, kids' parents are so involved with their lives that they know, like, yeah. if they're buying condoms at the store, they fucking <laughs> yeah. find out. Yeah. Like, also, she's she's never... She's also always eating dinner at Karen's Cafe with Lucas and his mom. And so, can you imagine if just, like, you had a high school kid... And you were never having them eat dinner at your house. And also, like, how bad would it suck if you had a teenage daughter and she just had a boyfriend who was literally sleeping 
in your daughter's bedroom in high school every single night on school nights and you were just so out of the picture that you 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 weren't even aware that like she even had a boyfriend um and that boyfriend i just have to bring this up has a nipple ring because i have in my notes i forgot nathan had a nipple ring because he it's on full display in this and let's just remind was that one of those things where the actor had a nipple ring or do you think they made him have a nipple ring for the character so this this was discussed on a past podcast. It might have been one that I had another guest on, but looked it up. Fun fact on that is that oh yeah, okay. James Lafferty no nipple ring. They just Mark Schwann went rogue and decided that like that's the missing piece for everyone to realize that he's a cool high school kid is that he just has a nipple ring in one nipple, but it's fake in real life. And they stuck with it all the way through season one. Yeah. Um, another thing, fashion wise. When we're talking about nipple rings, I, I had this down. Was uh, dude, the the low rise jeans are just they're out of control. That twenty three tattoo, that because it also he sees it when they're like laying in bed at her house or whatever. But I was also just thinking like Jesus Christ, like what a fashion trend that I wish would come back. I mean, there's not a female cast member in this show who owns a t shirt that is long enough to touch the top of the pant line. No. A lot of hips. A lot of hips. A lot of belly buttons flying around. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... It's good stuff. <laughs> it's good I stuff. I don't seen it. It's good Look, stuff. Look, I don't feel creepy because these aren't actual high schoolers. These are 28-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool seeing a bunch of 28-year-old 10 out of 10s just always showing hips. I wish that trend would come back. I can't wait for that cyclical fashion trend to rear its rear its awesome head. Anything else you wanted to get into in episode twenty? I have a couple things down. Um, I like the I actually like the depiction of uh, Nathan as a high school with his own apartment. I feel like if that were somehow allowed to go down, it would like kind of be like that, where you just constantly had people there and the place was trashed and you're just playing video games. Yeah, like I, if, it would be weird if you had some swank apartment. Right. I get that is how it would go. Like, it would never be clean. You have just no idea how to have your own place. It's just like a weird clubhouse. Can I say, though, I'm kind of definitely on Dan's side with that whole argument, though. Well, Dan's argument is, you're a kid, you should move back in with me. And Nathan's argument is, you're a fucking psychopath, I'm not going to move back in with you. I know, I guess... So it's like, yeah, Dan makes sense. Like, you should live at home with your family. But he's like, I emancipated yeah. myself through the courts from you because you're, you're not fit to raise a child yeah yeah you're a psycho but I, I so guess, obviously yeah he should be living at home with his parents it's outrageous that he's in high school living in an apartment but yeah. i thought they like at least did it justice like he's just in there playing video games with pizza boxes everywhere yeah that's what my shit would look like no they, they definitely depicted it correctly but i guess yeah i do i go back and forth on that because on one hand i go for sure I mean, if Dan Scott's your dad, I'd emancipate the fuck out of myself. So quick. emancipated. I'd emancipate real quick. But I'd a blank in myself right on out of there. But if I'm if I'm just looking at it from I guess a dad point of view, I'm like, that sucks, dude. I mean your kid just like emancipates himself and then you've gotta front the bill on a fucking apartment and then what Nathan does because, oh, shocker, he realizes, how am I going to afford this? I don't have a job. I'm 17. How am I going to afford my own place? 
He just sells the car that you bought your kid. Yeah, like, how do you think that was going to play out, Nathan? Yeah. That was a short-sighted move on his part. That whole thing is just annoying me, to be honest. Like, I don't really need it. I don't really want Nathan having an apartment. Uh, I don't... I get Dan sucks, but, like, I just... I'm not loving that storyline. I'll have to see how it plays out. It's kind of a good... Like, especially if you're in high school... You know how we talk about these shows? Like, we love when they do shit that is just so foreign to us. Yeah. It would be like if you're in high school and you're watching a show about kids your age and one of them, like, has their own apartment. Yeah. To me, that's Uh, a nice escapism. Like, you're in high school living vicariously through other, like, fake high school kids. Like, what? They have their own apartment? They can just. If someone had their own apartment in high school, like, we would be there every single weekend night. Yeah. Every single night. (laughs) Because it's like, yeah, no parents around. You can just drink and then sleep over there. And I'm sure you'll just like call your parents and tell them that you're at. Right. Chris's and so house. that that is depicted in this episode, which I appreciate. Though. Yeah. Like, that's, that's seemingly how I would play out. Yeah. Um, they do have a party there. Haley has a party. Yeah. Like, what's the impetus for that? Is she just decides she wants to have a party? I didn't get that. But real quick, just to take a real quick step back, um, because. Nathan is not at that party, and the mm-hmm. reason why he's not there is because because of what we were just talking about. He has to get a job to pay off the apartment, and like, okay, real world, if I'm gonna emancipate from my parents, I'm gonna actually have to like get a real job and like be able to pay my rent and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I, I, I'd be, you know, heartbroken. Would you be remiss? I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that when. There's just one thing that jumped out at me before we get to this party when Nathan has this job at this this uh, hot pretzel stand in the mall. Mm-hmm. Clear, clear product placement from a sponsor for the CW happening in the background. There is a shot where Nathan obviously is just like sucking at making hot pretzels. Who cares? But I just couldn't help but focus on the uh, the fountain drink dispenser in the background at the hot dog stand. Pepsi, uh huh, all over, right? And every single, like all eight fountain drink dispenser options are Pepsi, <laughs> and it was just like so funny to see because no I was Dr. like Pepper, yeah, there's no, no Diet Pepsi. It was like literally they didn't have to do that because Pepsi owns like a lot of different soft drinks. Like I, I can't, I don't remember which ones they are, but it's like. Pepsi owns Mountain Dew and Dr. Pepper, whatever. There's probably like four or five renditions. Knowing what you know about category management, would you say that only the Pepsi arm of the PepsiCo drinks place had the budget to to do that? Like they were competing for resources with Dr. Pepper. So they're like, no, we're not going to split this. This is our fucking No, I think it's lazy. I just think it's lazy. lazy. Because like I work for... Uh, a candy company where we have a lot of different brands so like if my company was purchasing that sponsorship it would be like okay we have a candy vending machine so we'll put m&ms and snickers and twix and skittles and lifesavers and like skittles like did i say skittles you did skittles twice shout out mars well (laughs) shout out mars we'll put skittles in there twice and then we'll have some extra gum and we'll have you know what? Let's get some fucking Mars pet food in there. Let's get some pedigree pet food in this vending candy vending <laughs> machine. So it was weird to me just looking at it from like the lens of my world of like, that made no sense. You go to this fucking hot pretzel stand and you can get Pepsi, 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 
Pepsi. Pepsi. It's laziness. Love it. <laughs> laziness. Okay, let's go to that party. Um, the my favorite thing about this carved out a little warm spot in my heart for Tim for the very first time. <laughs> yeah. He's the first of the party. It's basically Mouth because Mouth's a DJ apparently. Mouse in there set up, spinning, like, getting his DJ shit up. Haley's, like, a nervous wreck kind of planning the party. She doesn't know if anybody's going to show up. And Tim just rolls in with a keg by himself. <laughs> Clearly, like, an hour too early to be at this party. And uh, she's like, why are you here by yourself? And he's like, somebody's got to kick this mother off. <laughs> and he's just down to be the very first guy there. He brings the beer, and he just sits there for, like, an hour just hanging out waiting for everybody to come. You got to love that guy. I feel like Tim's getting a horrendous edit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Tim's Tim, not that bad. They should cut mouth. Yeah. Just And just Tim slide into that role. Dude, if they... Sh- if they but To be the funny guy. Yeah. be Like, if they cut mouth completely, I think I would just be ecstatic. And yeah, give me some layers on Tim. Mm-hmm. Tim seems like he's probably got a lot going on. Yeah, layer him up. Why is Tim peeing in the ice machine? There's probably something behind that, dude. Hey, Tim's probably dealing with some shit with his stepdad. Yeah. You know? I'd love maybe, to see it. Maybe Tim's got a couple lines where he's saying like, Hey, you're not my dad. Uh-huh. You know? Who knows? All I know is we're not fucking seeing it. And we're, we're having mouth fucking just shoved down our fucking throats. And it's like enough, dude. Why is why is mouth honestly mouth is going into the category of whitey for me where it's like they just keep having they him keep pop shoving up. him in dude. yeah like oh mouth is the DJ mouth is the mouth is the VJ at the uh, boy boy auction <laughs> the high school boy auction mouth is the fucking VJ oh Nathan's having a fucking party and this nerd mouth who doesn't hang out with the cool kids is just invited to fucking do the DJ work why is there a DJ at this high school party. Uh, they're using him as like utility player. This is so in a show like the OC, they didn't really have those. They didn't have those utility. No. But they bounce characters in and out that would be like temporary characters, and I like that much better than shoving these shitty characters down our throat episode after episode. I gotta say, when they had Mouth go on that date with Brooke, which was a clear sign to me that they're getting him in the mix, I was disappointed. Yeah, I was upset. Hated it. Uh, look, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad at Mark Schwann. I was disappointed. It's fair. That is fair enough. Oh, I did like you were talking about Nathan having that job at the pretzel stand. His boss is a kid like his age that he's clearly bullied in the past. Yeah. So the boss and him have like beef. And by the end of the first shift, they kind of like work through it. And he's like, listen, either fire me or fucking just treat me normal. Don't grind this axe on me. And he's (laughs) like, all right, fair enough. You can stay. I like that. Nathan. Nathan's tight. I'd say he's... Uh, I like Nathan a lot. But anyways, he uh, <laughs> at the end of it, the boss is like, all right, I know you guys are having a party tonight. You can get off early. You can go to it. And uh, Nathan throws him the most casual non-invite <laughs> of all time. It was fucking awesome. He's just like, oh, th- thanks, man. Hey, uh, you can stop by if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That was yeah. the most... Now I kind of aggressive wanna... non-bite I've ever seen in my life, and luckily the the guy was savvy enough to be like, "No, dude, you don't you don't want me there." Fucked off. Let's go back up. to a hypothetical role play because now I really want to do this one of uh, the non-bite. So you be Nathan, and I'll be his boss who uh, has been bullied by him, who's the same age. 
Uh, what's up, man? Hey, man, you can get out of here. Like, hey, great job on your first day. I'm glad that we connected, and I no longer feel as bad uh, about getting bullied by you and stuff. You, you go ahead, get on out of here. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard about that party. We're just, that that's probably why I want to get out of here so bad is because we're we're having a big party tonight. Oh no, I heard about it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because you're cool and I'm a loser. But yeah, no. Where, no where's I, it at? It's uh, it's at my house. So I was just town. thinking, like we're. You know, we're both here at the mall together cleaning up. Like, should we just drive together? Like, do you want to ride? I got a ride. I got a sweet ride, dude. My dad, like, he, he let me put uh, ground effects on my, my fucking Mustang, dude. So I got, like, a sweet ride. Like, we could, I we just drive you over. No, I mean, you probably got to go home and, like, shower and stuff. Or you reek, like, pretzels. So, like, I, I was just going to go by myself. And then maybe if you wanted, like, 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 later on, like, definitely later, you can swing by it if you want. I'm so yeah, I do smell like pretzels, but like you got a shower. So I just like shower your place and we'll both go together in my ground effects Mustang and Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's it's getting kinda late, so I don't it might be dead by the time we get there. Like it's not that big a party, it's like a couple close friends, you know. Oh, that's no, don't do dude, dude, you don't even have to worry about that. Like, cause I'm cool just like hanging out and I'm cool. Like yeah, you can yeah. ask Tim. Like I know Tim and Tim Tim can vouch. Yeah, I, Tim you know, might cool. be there. I don't know. He might not be there. i uh and I, like I said, I'd definitely be cool if you swung by for like a little bit. With you? It's not going to be that fun, dude. Just swing by with not you that now? Many, definitely not with me. I'll be going by myself. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Can you give me the address? Yeah, I'll text it to you. What's your number? Oh, well, I'll give it oh, to you right now. Is this in my phone? Hold on. Is this still your number? Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll send you a text. <laughs> when I get there, I'll send you a text. Well, I'll I, let you know. How about I'll this? I'll text you. I'll let you know. I'll text you. You definitely text me. Okay, yeah. And then when I get there, I'll let you know if it's, like, cool. If, like, you'll have fun. Oh, because, yeah, I might not have fun. Yeah, because, like, if, if there's not that many people there, you might just not have a good time. Oh, so I like, could see. Yeah, But if it's, like, popping off, definitely I would love you to come. Oh, but if okay. it's not, like, that cool of a party. Oh, that's then. cool, Nathan. I'll only come if it's popping off. Okay, please don't come. <laughs> Yeah, that kid at the hot dog, or the fucking yeah. You know Nathan doesn't want to come. <laughs> All right, like what? Nathan's definitely growing as a person. He's becoming like a, actually a genuine like nice guy, but baby steps. He's not about to be like, hey man, you should really come. You'll meet some cool people. Yeah, He's like hey bitch, I'm still cool, you idiot. So fuck off. <laughs> so don't come to my party, you fucking loser. All right, let's end this with a fucking song, dude. Here it is. Someone else Sometimes I understand That I'm not Supposed To feel like this I should be happy inside I'm trying Honest I am Look how busy I am But I might The Wish By Josh Canova I had never heard this song And it was really good it, it was like a great song and what i loved about it was we got ended episode 20 right in our fucking sweet spot quad montage nice they got back to home base got back to home base there's four things happening in this quad montage i'll list them out deb and dan divorce drama a lot of like slow motion shots to this music of 
Dan taking like a long pull of liquor, just like thinking about the divorce, and Deb like taking a long swig on uh, like a glass of wine kind of thing. Second one is Keith is packing up all of his shit. He got a new job and he's quitting once again. <laughs> Keith won't stop packing his shit up. Yeah, goddamn, dude. Tough, tough to be Keith because yeah, you always have your duffel bags and your boxes packed because. Who knows when you're just going to impromptu quit everything in your fucking life again, Keith, you idiot. And then uh, the third one is they they uh, do this when Nathan's like still cleaning up at that hot pretzel stand. He's like sweeping up and stuff, just like thinking about his life, how it's gotten to this point where he's like got his own job to like pay for an apartment in fucking high school. And then the last one is Lucas. Lucas apologizing uh, to Peyton because... What happens at this party, mm-hmm. and this is how we'll end the episode, is a big fight with who does Brooke bring to Nathan's party at the apartment? The baby's mama. Vicky Valancourt. Vicky V. Vicky V comes back into the picture, and we finally get Brooke and Peyton, who have been so pissed at each other, finding common ground. And, like, Vicky Valancourt gets into a fight with Peyton at Nathan's party. And Brooke is like, oh, fuck no. That's my friend. That's my friend. I'm, I'm the only person that's allowed to hate her. Yeah, you I'll... Yeah. Fuck Peyton because she hooked up with Lucas, my boyfriend. But guess what? I can rip on her all I want, but you don't, bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have an outsider come in here and fight my fucking friend. So we have a classic... Two friends who are dealing with shit. They finally get over their drama and their shit over the Lucas thing. By the way, real quick, you cannot have a teen drama television show without at least one girl fight. That's pretty true. It's yeah, a fact. That's true. Yeah. And I loved... I did I did like how Brooke stuck up for a friend because I'm always in that mode too. Like, I'll rip on my family like all the time and stuff and I'll always talk shit about like, you know, my parents or my sisters and stuff. Shout out BD's family. Shout out to my family. I know, Mag D, you're listening. But at the end of the day, if someone else rips on them, it's like, uh, fuck you. Yeah, it's natural. We're a tribal people, Brian. Yeah, fuck you. Okay, MVP, who you got? All right, I know, like we said before, the MVP is never, or not always, like, the best person or who our favorite character is. It's just, who fucking did the most? And for me, these three episodes, it was Dan Scott. He's churning. He's, he's churning and burning. So fucking evil. And I feel like he's just peaking right now. He's peaking. Yeah. I it, it took me back to like when Ben Jay was on and he just, he didn't watch One Tree Hill, but he came on and watched two episodes and he's like, who's this guy? <laughs> he's crushing. This guy is fucking churning storylines. So I, dev- I, 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 uh, I definitely don't want to get it confused that I'm a Dan Scott fan or a supporter in any way yeah i just fucking love what he's doing in these past couple episodes he's churning in the same way like you like jafar when you're watching aladdin sometimes like the anti-hero so i'm kind of on the other side of where he's not an anti-hero he's a villain i know but like he's the joker and now they're making a movie with joaquin phoenix where he is the main guy he they're making a joker movie where that's the whole movie is this villain. I can't speak to it. Haven't seen it yet. Do you have a screener? (laughs) No. Do you have a screener? I'll watch it. I don't, but my girlfriend's nephew's best friend's cousin's younger brother 
has an adopted sibling who's like tight with a guy who works at Paramount who can get us a fucking Joker screener. Okay, I'll watch that screener. <laughs> but the point is this, Dan Scott's fucking evil and he's peaking and it's just glorious to watch it unfold. Like, the, the thought I had while I was watching this is like, does Dan Scott ever show up to his job? <laughs> I don't think he works. Like, he's just, he's wearing a trench coat and a suit just walking around being fucking evil. Just popping in on people and ruining their day. Yeah, I think Dan Scott just puts on a suit every single day, doesn't go into work, and just, like, trolls around the city in the local high school. Well, yeah, <laughs> he wanted to go tell Lucas that he was his mis- biggest mistake. I'm pretty sure he just showed up to school. Yeah. As yeah. if it were, like, a parent-teacher conference day or something. Somehow. He just, like, showed up at the school, walked around until he found his <laughs> illegitimate son and <laughs> told him that he was the biggest mistake of his life. It's weird, because, like... I think this is a kudos to the actor because I don't mind it when Dan is just like not working and showing up. But for some reason, when like Whitey and Keith are just not working and showing up, it really annoys me. But with Dan, it just kind of makes me laugh. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. I love it. You know, Dan's not getting a ton of MVPs, but when he gets them, I cherish them. So... Kids, we got one episode left. We got one One Tree Hill left. We're going to cap it all off with episodes 21 and 22. Bring this ship into its harbor, and uh, it's going to be bittersweet, like we said at the beginning. So, kids, you tuck on in. You sleep tight. Have a real good night. Sleep, kids, and Pat. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.